Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's Sal Capaccio. 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 On WGR. All right, glad to have you along for the ride with us here on a sunny but chilly wintry Monday. Well, wintry. It's wintry temperatures. Skies are clear, and it's going to be warming up, so all that snow we got yesterday is going to melt. Good to know. Sal Capaccio on the West Her Hotline. Nate Geary in for Mike Shope. I am the Bulldog. Thanks for tuning in. Sal, my man, how are you? Doing well. Doing well. Other than the uh, Sabres game today, went down there. We uh, experienced that and obviously a few goals, but not the result against a team they should have beaten. Uh, otherwise, uh, doing pretty well. It's uh, winter break here. I was wondering today, I said on the air with Joe, when I was a kid, Bulldog, maybe may, Nate may even have a different thing on this. We didn't have a week in February and then a week around Easter. We had two weeks around Easter. That's what we did every year. Um, in high school or in grade school, but now it's a week in February and a week around Easter. I don't remember a week in February either, and I'm way older than you. Yep. Uh, I don't remember a week in February either. Yeah, I remember I'm, how much I hated February okay. because there was no week in February. Yeah. There you go. I, I, and, hmm. and I, I don't remember two weeks in, in around Easter, but you're probably right. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> so, um, well... <laughs> We were shaking off the this uh, well. We're shaking off the weekend, shaking off the Sabers game, and turning our attention to the Bills. You're up and running here. Of course, the offseason tracker's been there since the season ended a few weeks ago, and now you're starting your positional breakdowns. And you've gone through quarterbacks and you've gone through running backs so far. And so I thought we'd spend some time on those and some time just in general on the Bills rather large class of free agents themselves that they have, guys that are hitting the market, um, and, and run through that. So quarterback-wise, I know Mike asked me last week one day, it became known the Steelers were moving on from Trubisky, so he was going to be available. And he asked me, any interest? And I went, after watching him play for the Steelers this year, I would say no, which is funny because I think a lot of us were pretty excited when the Bills landed him two off-seasons ago to be Josh Allen's backup. But I'm pretty convinced that he can't really help a team anymore. So I'm curious. What do you think will be the way forward at at quarterback? I foresee the room looking very similar, very similar to what it did last year. It doesn't mean the names will be exactly the same, which we can get to. But I think the Bills will have, obviously, Josh Allen's going to be QB1. The only question with him this offseason is if and when and how much, I guess, of his contract will be restructured to free up salary cap space. They can free up, you know, close to $20 million. So it seems like, excuse me, seems like that's going to be something they're going to do. And then behind him, I think you like to have a guy who has some skin in the game, some experience, because this is not a team that can trust a rookie 
with a four or five game stretch if Allen were to go down because you're trying to win games, get the one seed, win the division, you're in a Super Bowl window. And you, unless you really just believe in that guy and he came along super rapidly, I just don't think this team is in, is in position to do that. They don't want to do that. So that's where your Kyle Allen comes in. That's where your Trubisky comes in. That's where your Barkley comes in. Now, some of these guys have been in the game longer than others. Barkley was a really good fit because, you know, he had such a good working relationship. He knew that he was the backup, and he'd been around a long time. Well, obviously, that changed last year. Kyle Allen comes in, but he's been in the league for, you know, five, six years. He's been around. He's been a starter. He's the perfect mold for that. Now, though, after seeing him preseason, him struggle a little bit. He never had to play in the last year's regular season. You wonder, is that the same guy they want? But I'll tell you this, if it's not him, it's going to be somebody just like him. That's the way I, I think the room's going to look. And then you have the younger guy who they also like to have in the building. That was St. Shane Buchel last year. Shane Buchel's been in the league three years. Two with Kansas City, one with Buffalo, all on the practice squad. He's never taken a snap in an NFL regular season game. Would they trust a guy like that to come in and have to play Maybe now that he's been, you know, in the league practicing for a few years, but that's also a dicey proposition. So you usually have a guy like that on the practice squad. So it kind of lends you to, and by the way, he is still under contract. He signed a future reserve deal. So I think he's here. He's probably your practice squad quarterback again. I wouldn't rule them out drafting someone, but then we get into the things about, okay, you drafted him. If you want to put him on the practice squad, you got to waive him and those kinds of things. So I think it looks similar to last year. Sale, I wanted to ask you just as a follow-up to the quarterback situation. Like, is there a specific style? Because, you know, Kyle Allen to me is a little bit more of a pocket passer where I think it might, at least for me, I look at the quarterback situation behind Allen and I kind of think to myself, I, I think I would really like someone who has sort of like the athletic ability that could supplement some of the issues you're going to have with a backup quarterback throwing the football with a guy that can be effective running it too and 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 maybe being a – you know, I think about the Ravens and Huntley as their backup, as a guy that can step in. He's not a world beater throwing the football, but if you've got to get through two or three games, he can win you two or three games because of his athleticism and, and ability to and run. style-wise, it's yeah. kind of a match. Right. You know, I've always thought that that would be really what the Bills would want. I, I don't – I think they'd want a mobile quarterback. Kyle Allen can move a little bit. Trubisky, he actually pretty mobile, actually. You know, yep. he's a guy that can use his feet. I don't think I think it is different than the Ravens because it's truly not. Now, granted, the Ravens were different this year. They did not use Lamar's legs like they normally do on the design stuff. For you know, he's just so great at scrambling. But there's not to me. Look at what the way the Bills have kind of man, managed Allen and running and all the discussions we've had. It's not like they're going out there and calling ten designed runs for him a game. You know, he runs when he needs to run, and there are a few of those goal line runs or short yardage runs. That's where he really where he's running. And the real critical downs. You could probably, you could have a guy, just as long as he can move a little bit, do that. Allen is such a unique guy and such a freak that he's, he might be literally the best goal line back in the league, right? Whether that's running back, <laughs> quarterback, fullback, doesn't matter. He might be the best goal line. You can't replicate that. You can't bring in a quarterback like that. So stylistically, yeah, I think you want a guy who can be mobile because you will have elements of your offense that you're going to rely on that once in a while. And, you don't want to completely take that away. But honestly, guys, 
the Bills' offense is Josh Allen in the pocket passing, and when he can make a play with his legs, he does. But it's not something they rely on for their offense to call a lot. So I don't think you have to go fully committed to that to a backup. Yeah, I, I think like Nate said, I, I I would be interested in it. I think it's hard. I mean, it, it, like it might sound a little bit like if you stretch this conversation out to almost an unreasonable extent, we're looking for a clone of Josh Allen. Good luck. Like every team that doesn't have Josh Allen or, or you know an established superstar quarterback is looking for that. So you know, I, I doubt they're sitting around. But mostly, I'd like to have the running threat with my backup quarterback because I'm going to assume there's going to be maybe a considerable drop-off in the passing acumen, right? So if I'm going to suffer there, at least give me somebody who can, you know, maybe extend some drives and keep the chains moving if he has to play. Yeah, and actually, you know, Shane Buchel's a pretty good, Buchel is a pretty good athlete, actually, as well. Um, I want to go back and look. I think he ran a, a bit when he was in college. Let me look. Yeah, in college, here's his stats. He was at Texas and at SMU. And 96 attempts at Texas one year. 64, 58, he ran for it. Now, he didn't run for a ton of yards, but through five years, he ran for 478 yards. Now, it's not a high average. It's scrambling around, but he's not afraid to take off if he needs to, mm-hmm. right? So I think that could be your answer. Maybe that's why they felt he was a better fit than Matt Barkley. Let's remember, that's what happened. It wasn't that they chose Allen over Barkley. Barkley and Allen were here together. It was Barkley got an injury, and by the time, and the, basically there were a couple weeks that went mm-hmm. by, they released him, and then they signed Buchel who had been waived by the Chiefs. And actually, he has much more of that ability than Matt Barkley would have, who's really not that mobile at all. So maybe that's the guy that they have and think, okay, you can do that. Now, Kyle Allen, like I said, he can move a little bit. He's not super-duper you know, mobile guy running around mm-hmm. back there, but he can do that. So um, I do think you want someone like that. I think, to me, it's not the style, though, that matters as much. Like, yes, that would be the ideal fit. Could you clone Josh Allen, of course, right, as you said? To me, what matters most is the financials of it and the roster management of it. Like, what you're not going to go out there and get a guy for the kind of price you might be able to get Kyle Allen back for this year, which is the veteran minimum, who's so much of an upgrade, right? Even Trubisky might make a little more than that somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you got to think about that. What they can't, guys, they cannot spend assets and money on that position like a lot of teams might want to be able to do. Like the Bills are going to have to have a younger guy in a rookie contract or something like that, and probably a veteran guy in a vet minimum contract. Right. Have you gotten to the point where you've thought about a different version of Kyle Allen for this team, or are we still a little ways away from that? I've thought about it. I just don't know if there's anything out there. I didn't mind Barkley, you know, and he could mm-hmm, if he wants mm-hmm. to play again. We'll see where that is. I just, you know, it's funny. When he was... Um, this is Kyle Allen. When he w- when he played in the preseason, it didn't go that well. And there were a lot of people, fans were like, you got to upgrade. You got to do something. You can't have this guy as your number. And they stuck by him as your number two. They stuck by him. And Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott kept saying, look, he's new to the offense. We see what we see in practice. We're fine with him. And it just kept being more of a, you know, reaff- reaffirmation. And it was. And he never wound up. I mean, I was wondering, would, he, would they – move on from him and bring somebody in. It didn't mm-hmm. happen. So I think now, with his relationship to Josh Allen, to Joe Brady being in the system, it probably makes sense that they might just run it back with him again. He's not going to get a, not a, you know opportunities right. elsewhere necessarily. I can't see that happening. Um, but okay, so let's say you do go down that road. What would you be looking at? I think you're looking at the same kind of player. Now, it might again, what's the financials? Because... 
is Sam Darnold going to be a vet minimum? That might be a guy where some team goes, you know what? Maybe there's something left there. Can we go out and get him? Because that's a guy I've thought about to be a backup for the Bills. But if you want the more mobile guy, all right. P.J. Walker's there. Marcus Mariota is there. You, there are guys out there that you mm-hmm. can go and say, you know, we have a guy that can that can move. The question is, would that player also feel that Buffalo's the spot for him to clearly be the backup, or will he have an opportunity? It would really have to be like a Trubisky situation a few years ago where he made the conscious decision to come to Buffalo to kind of resurrect his career, where he might have had another opportunity somewhere to have an opening to play a little bit more. Right. Do you remember, I know it's quite a while ago now, uh, but we were talking about this a little bit last week, and we were reminded by a listener that this team did draft Jake Fromm just a couple of years after yeah. drafting Josh Allen. And, you know, he, he didn't <laughs> stick. But is there... Is there a case to be made for investing a fifth or a sixth or even a seventh in a quarterback to get here and develop so that, I don't know, maybe a year from now we're not in a situation where we're wondering, hey, is Matt Barkley still want to play? So this is a really interesting conversation that we've kind of had each of the last several years, and Fromm's part of it. Fromm's a bit unique because he was drafted during the COVID year. And I think the Bills had an inkling that they're going to have to have another guy around. They're going to have to have more people around. Remember when all Mm -hmm. that was happening and the NFL was trying to decide how to do everything. And what happened with Jake Fromm? He became the quote-unquote COVID quarterback. He was the guy that kind of was isolated from the rest of the team. I think the team knew they needed a guy. And they figured, okay. And then there was talk of, oh, were they blocking? They didn't want the Patriots to get him. I don't know about that. But I do think it mattered that. That was a year where they felt they needed another guy somewhere to be around to understand because if they lose a guy to COVID, they got to have another guy be able to come in and elevate everybody. Look what happened with the Broncos that year when they didn't have any options and they had to play a wide receiver at quarterback. So that's number one. The true issue here is, yes, I could see the Bills saying, let's go use one of our 10 picks finally on you know, getting a, a guy we can develop here. And maybe he's four years, nice backup for Josh, and then – you see him off and you get a comp pick for him, maybe. I don't know. You get something, you get right. an asset. Either way. The issue is, if you do that, again, the Bills, to me, are in no have no interest in keeping three quarterbacks. But the only way you do that is if you wave the guy at the end of, either A, you wave him at the end of camp, and someone might claim him because, hey, we had a draft grade on this guy. Or at some point, he signs a he's a practice squad guy, so he can sign anywhere he wants. He's a free agent. Or B... You keep him on your roster as the number two guy, and you don't really have that experience backup. Now, you could play some games here and say, okay, we keep him on the roster, and then we have a Kyle Allen or someone like that in the practice squad, but if we ever need to elevate that guy, we'll do it, and he can play over him. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Those things have happened. I just think it's a it's a roster management balancing act when you do that. Sal, um, uh, your newest piece is on running backs, which is up at WGR550.com. Um, you know, obviously, this is I, I was listening to the morning show the other day, and Jeremy was making a joke about how you know the, the odds for Saquon Barkley had come out on his next team, and the Bills were not among any of the teams. And it's like, holy cow, we've made it to the other side because you know James Cook had a Pro Bowl season, and although there was a lot of ups, there was also some you know shaky times during the, this past season, specifically in the past game where. It felt like there were probably, what, Sale, almost four or five drops that really probably should have been catches and that should have been touchdowns and could have been game-defining plays. I'm thinking of the one against the Eagles. So, you know, kind of knowing what you now have in James Cook, which his first Pro Bowl, his second season, I think a guy that really 
took the reins as RB1 on this team. Behind him is a lot of question marks. You put you 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 sort of mentioned that in your piece. You got a guy in, in Naeem Hines who didn't play at all last year coming off an ACL injury. Um and you know they've got a guy that they they signed uh I think to a futures contract in Darrington Evans. Um outside of that sale there's not a lot left on the roster. Overall, what do you think if you can encapsulate where they are now and where they might be in a couple of weeks, is this a team that that addresses that that problem or the issue of depth in free agency, or, or do you think it could be? And this is a team that does, I think, use a lot of draft capital on the running back position. This is a very similar talk to the quarterback position, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. I think this is a a really similar type of situation, and it's definitely different than the last few years when we've been talking about first round running backs and kind of shielding off the arrows everybody would throw at them. And we're, we're the ones holding up going, no, 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 it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> um, now nobody's throwing those arrows anymore, right? Nobody's, uh, like I said, the odds, whatever. I I think James Cook has firmly cemented himself as RB1 on this team. But I will tell you, I tweeted the article out, and there was at least one, and there were several fans who said they don't think he's an RB1 and because of the inconsistencies of, the catching the ball a couple times last year, putting the ball to the ground, and, you know, that his style and his size. I can respect that. I really can. I don't agree, though, because it comes to me, what it comes down to me is I do think he's RB1, but I think the team thinks that, guys. Like, mm-hmm. I can't see a scenario where the Bills don't feel that James Cook is clearly their number one running back, and they do not need to put someone over the top of him in any situation. Because if you do that, you're spending assets. What would it take to get a guy – it's better than the fourth rush, fourth leading rusher in the league and sixth in yards from scrimmage to put a guy over top. That's that's money. That's draft assets. The Bills don't do that at the running back position. I mean, they did when they drafted a couple, you know, third rounders, Devin Singletary, and but you know, those are younger guys, different type type of timeline and what they were trying to do. So I do think it's similar because you have Josh, who you know he's the guy, and what do you do behind him? Now you have James Cook. What do you do behind him as far as compliments are concerned? Let me ask you guys. Do you guys think the Bills are concerned about James Cook's catching ability? No. I don't either. No. No. I, I so mean, I, I, I think, think you'd, I, you'd, like, yeah. you'd like to see him catch those balls, of course. That's they, right. they would tell you that. But no, I, I don't think there's any question about his status on the team. The That's question exactly. is, stylistically, are they going to, and this, we talked a lot about this last week, um, are, you know, they became very run heavy in the back end of this season. And if it maybe their roster management, and especially their running back uh, room, will be a clue whether or not they want to continue that. Because if they go with someone more established than, say, Ty Johnson as a backup, then maybe they're thinking you know, about r- running it more there and, and leaning into that. Um, so I, I think that's one, one thing to have in mind as we start out on this. But no, I think Cook, Cook has unquestionably earned RB1 status. I don't even think there's a conversation around it. Agreed. And anybody who brings up, I agree hundred percent what you just said, Bulldog. And you agreed, uh, Nate, that I don't think they have any question whatsoever about his, his receiving ability. He dropped a couple passes. I understand that. Um, and you'll want to see him catch it. They are, I think they're very, very comfortable with him catching the ball, lining him up to catch the ball, throwing him the ball. So any type of talk about inconsistencies there, that's on James Cook. He's just got to clean that up. Like, I don't think the organization has any thought whatsoever. They're, to me, the Bills are in a great, great, great situation here because they have the fourth leading rusher in the league who's on a rookie contract for two mm. more years. I mean, you, you can't get better than that in this world of the NFL. 
where I know it's yeah you could yeah you could have your quarterback when rookie contract you know but mm-hmm. when it comes to running backs they don't have to spend assets they have the guy they don't have to go spend draft picks on it like people thought they would over the last few years they don't have to go spend a free agent you have your guy and James Cook ran the ball 237 times last year I mean that's you know it's not a ton it's not amazing oh my god you know you're wearing him out kind of thing um he this this is a guy to me that needs what you just said. It's about what's behind him. It's about the compliment. And I think the perfect compliment is exactly what they had last year in Ty Johnson. It unfortunately took them a little while to get there. Mm-hmm. Really, it was after Joe Brady took over. But I think that's the guy. Here's the good news. You can pretty much find Ty Johnson's, you know, right. every year and in free agency. Isaiah Pacheco was a seventh round pick, Sal. If they wanted to throw a flyer in their last pick of the draft yeah. at a running back who fits stylistically, I you could Strike gold. I mean, a lot of teams do it. I you you mentioned Sal. I, I was just right when you mentioned how many carries James Cook had last year, two hundred thirty-seven. I sparked my brain and I said, I wonder what his career total was at Georgia. It was two hundred thirty. Right. His career. Yeah. He was never another his one career. back there. No. Yeah. Right. So, so if you want to talk, now, now they may they may look long term and go, okay, we give him 230, 250 carries a year. You know, at his size, he's going to wear down. Well, guess what? He's got two years left in a rookie deal. That's not happening yet. And I think the Bills have shown. Over the last few years, their philosophy is use them up, and when they walk out the door, we get another guy. We use them up and let them walk out the door. And I know they traded Zach Moss, but I don't think I don't think that the plan would have been any different there. It was Devin Singletary. He's now in the Texans. It's Zach Moss. He's now in the Indianapolis Colts. Now it's James Cook. Hey, maybe James Cook becomes you know Christian McCaffrey 2.0, and we're having a conversation here in a couple of years on how you treat that. that that'd be great. Mm-hmm. But I think the Bills are perfectly in a good scenario here. What it comes down to is behind him. And they're, Now look. They have Naeem Hines, who it seems like it's a complete no-brainer to either release him or totally just say, we're going to really redo your deal if you want to stay here, because he's counting over $5 million against the cap, and you can save almost all of that, basically, by releasing him. He is under contract, but you'd have to do that. Damian Harris is not under contract. After his injury, if he gets medically cleared, and there's not going to be a market for him, I wouldn't think, and... If the Bills say, yeah, you can come back on a vet minimum deal, guys like that, like that's what you need to do. Keep doing that. Just sign these guys on vet minimum deals to come in and play because no one's clamoring for them. Leonard Fournette sat the whole year before he was yep. finally signed by the Bills. Ty Johnson, by the way, I think the Bills, the Bills did say they would have signed him earlier in the offseason if it hadn't been for an injury. But the only way I look at Ty Johnson is he'll probably have more teams interested this offseason. He's not going to make more money, though. He's going to probably make a vet right. minimum deal. To me, that's how you treat the room. Yeah, the only the only like Ty Johnson is fine with me if they, if they want to use him as a compliment to Cook. The only question I'd have there, and and I'm not interested in redoing anything with Hines. Like the fact that Cook has broken through and given them this pass catching back, to me makes Hines, you know, I, I guess returns maybe. Um, but at that money. I don't. I don't really need to have that on my roster. The question is a replacement for Murray slash Harris, mm-hmm. like you just said, like that style guy. Because Johnson is thicker than Cook, but he's not a big back like Murray. And if they valued having a and, and Harris is more of a hard runner than a big back, but still more similar to Murray than Cook, I would say. So if they're looking for that guy, that's maybe the thing on the shopping list. Yeah, maybe. And look, they were actually better. Um... They were a good red zone team last year. They were good in goal line situations, but that's a lot of Josh Allen with, what, 15 rushing touchdowns. Right. You know, he's such a great runner there. But they'll probably want to be able to be a team that can do that again this year. Um, 
and I, I think this goes without saying that it just doesn't feel like Latavius Murray is going to be back in Buffalo next year, whether he plays it or not. He was the oldest running back in the league last year, and then towards the end of the year, he hardly carried the ball, and he, he was a healthy down. scratch in the yeah. team's most critical you know yeah. game at the end of the season. But, yeah, I mean, there's guys out there, and I mean, I'm looking at – let me look at some of the uh, free agents here. Okay, ready? Here we go. Um, Dearness Johnson, right? Remember him coming on the scene a couple years ago in Cleveland, right? Amir Abdullah, Boston Scott, Matt Breida. Like, okay, whether you like these guys or not, they're all really kind of similar and interchangeable Mm -hmm. at vet minimum deals, which is why I don't think it's a big deal to kind of worry about too much now. But I agree with what you, you said, Nate, which is maybe you like a guy late in the draft. You can get a guy because those guys can can maybe offer you something on special teams. Um, yeah. They can maybe be a certain stylistic back. Maybe they go late in the draft because they only offers a couple certain traits, but maybe that's the trait you want, Bulldog, and they find a guy like that right. that they can find late in the draft. We'll have to save prioritizing the rest of the Bills free agent list for another day, Sal, because we've gobbled up all the time talking it. about quarterbacks and running backs. Go figure. The guys that touch the ball dominate the conversation. <laughs> uh, thanks for the time, and we'll catch up during the week, I'm sure. All right, you got it. Thanks, guys. That's our Sal Capaccio on the West Her Hotline. His appearances are always brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? So, yeah, okay. How hard do you want to lean into devoting assets to backup quarterback and complimentary running backs? We'll start on that when we get back, get into this free agent list on the bills as we get rolling here on a President's Day. Phone lines are open from here to the end, basically. 803-0550 is the number. Nate Geary's in for Mike Schoep for most of this week. I'm the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 